Scott. I had the pleasure yesterday of catching up with Green Party co-leader James Shaw and we had a chat about a few different topics uh, ranging from water through to the SAS raids. Um, so this is the chat right now for your listening pleasure. You're on the one, 91FM. Are we today, sir? Very well, thank you. Enjoying Ōtipote? Yes, loving it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's not, uh, it's not piercing down like it is yeah. in Wellington right now. Yeah. Hope the Arrow Valley's doing all right. Arrow Valley's just fine. It's all on a forty-five degree angle, of course. So all the water runs downhill. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we know we know a lot about that here in Dunedin. Yeah. <laughs> Usually the, the rain's coming out at 45 degrees too, though. That's the thing. Um, well, first I want to start off with, I guess, is the big news over the last couple of weeks. And I can't, it might have died down over the last few days. But um, Bill English, the Prime Minister, came out on Monday and said he is definitely not going to look at um, an inquiry into the SAS raids. Um, if you were to form a party at the next government, um, form um, the government, sorry, yeah. your party to form the, the next government, would you reverse that decision? Yeah, I mean, I... I I do think that there is still grounds for an inquiry, right? And, yep. and uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that he says he's looked at the evidence and so on and so forth, but the, the allegations are incredibly serious yep. and I think serious enough to warrant an independent inquiry you mm-hmm. know, because people, the vast majority of New Zealanders do trust the Defence Forces but also want to be able to continue to trust the Defence Forces. And I mm-hmm. think given the situation, for the Prime Minister to say, oh, look, I've seen the video, trust me, yeah. Um, <laughs> you need a higher bar than that. Yeah, well, Wayne Mapp's seen the video. Yeah. Yeah, and Wayne Mapp has come out and said there needs an inquiry. Who was the defence minister at Who yeah. was in Kabul? Yeah, precisely. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think I just think that there's enough there. I mean, I, look, I don't know the truth of the allegations, right? And, yeah. And I have no way of knowing, but that's kind of part of the reason why I want an independent inquiry. Yeah, and I think the whole of New Zealand wants that yeah, too. I right. think we all want to know, and I think we deserve to know yeah. these are our defence force representing us overseas, yeah. and we want them to be doing uh, their best to defend us, um, defend us against uh, whoever... You know, I mean, be an Islamic State or we're in this war of terror, which we probably shouldn't be in in the first place, but neither, it's neither here nor there. Um, so I, th- I think they owe it to the New Zealand public. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it seems odd to me because the, you know, if you look at all of the media commentary, including kind of, you know, columnists who you would regard as kind of right of centre or whatever, they're pretty much all saying the same thing. And mm-hmm. it seems odd for the Prime Minister to be kind of that out of step with public opinion. Uh, I mean, it's election year. Well, precisely. <laughs> you would think that in an election year, you'd be more willing to, you know, kind of say, let's do what, you know... The people want. What people want, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and speaking of what people want, uh, <laughs> water. We, we want our water. Uh, farmers want water. Um, and overseas uh, consumers want our water too. Yep. Uh, and, you know, more and more of our uh, waterways are being polluted. Um, you look at New Zealand's biggest farm, Molesworth Station, which is owned by the government. Um, there are no troughs. Mm-hmm. You know, cows freely walk through rivers, um, mm-hmm. they, so they're defecating in rivers, they're drinking from the rivers, and that's government-owned station. That's, you know, it's a huge area with a lot of waterways. Um, and the same could be said all on the Manawatu River, and, and or the entire country, you go through many a toto, um, what used to be brown is now green, that water is, you know, yeah. and so at the same time we're taking the water, we're polluting the, the, the water that's uh, there, which is... The, which is less of, mm. so therefore that's compounding the issue. Um, where does well, obviously um, I think we pretty much know where the Greens sit on this. But yeah. What, what do you? 
it's kind of no secret, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. But what would your plans uh, be to come in? Because, you know, I mean, obviously farming is very important yep. to us. Would you look at um, stock reductions, a certain amount of stock on, on a certain amount of uh, sized land? What do we so, do? Well, I, I mean, there's a whole it's, – it's, this is a very complex, you know, problem, right? So there's, you, you can't just say that there's one thing that you would do, um, but there's there, – and, and there are some mm. things that are happening that we support, right? So that recent announcement um, of Nick Smith's about, you know, um, swimmable rivers by 2040, which generally was a total goat rodeo of an announcement, yeah. <laughs> within that there was actually some good news, right, which – was the commitment to 56,000 kilometres worth of fencing and riparian planting over the course of the next, you know, 20 years and so on. And mm -hmm. that fencing, you know, fencing the waterways off is a really big part of it. We've been advocating that for years, yeah. so we were pleased to see that. Um, I mean, there, there are uh, a number of different things. So you've, you've got an infrastructure problem, right? So you look at Auckland at the moment, which is kind of largely underwater, yeah. um, and at the same time uh, also on a water restriction notice, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that the, the, they're available available uh, drinkable water is, is kind of really running out. And I get really frustrated with some of the simplistic arguments about this are kind of going, hey, there's no problem with water. There's water everywhere. Yeah. Well, the water that's been taken out of the ground for drinking water, uh, for irrigation and for bottling oh. is 100-year-old pristine aquifer water. That's right. And it takes, it can take, a, a, you know, 80, 80 to 90 years for that to replenish itself. So you deplete that and it's gone, yeah. you know, like you can forget about that. And 40% of New Zealand depends on aquifer water for, mm -hmm. for drinking, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it, you know, it's a, it is a finite resource. And you've got the pollution aspect as well. You know, you looked at what happened in Havelock North. All of a sudden, people are worried about what comes out of their tap, yeah. not just whether, you know, um, whether it's available. So we support a, um, a price on the commercial usage of water. Mm -hmm. um, th we've been saying that for years. That encourages people to be more efficient. Yep. People go, oh, yeah, but look, you know, these industries are really important to us. Well, oil companies pay a royal on the oil that they take out of the ground. Gas takes, you know, um, natural gas be a pay royalty. Be it it, very tiny yeah, amounts. It is very small. It's a 7% seven against the global average of 25%. Yeah. Uh, 25% but there is a royalty that's, yeah. that's paid on the use of that resource. Um, gravel, right? Mm -hmm. there, yep. is, there is a resource rental on gravel. Yeah. Um, and yet water, you know, the most precious uh, you know, resource, is, is not priced. And, and you've got an ability there for people to use it for commercial gain, uh, take it out of the ground and, and sell it off for, for considerably higher prices. And I, I, I think that it is, there is time to come and take a look at, the, at pricing. Okay, but that brings in the argument about, around ownership of water as well. Yeah. And of course the foreshore and seabed bill yeah. uh, and you know Maori um, Maori claiming ownership over the water yeah. and the government obviously saying no one owns the water. So therefore if you're charging for water you have to talk like, about yes yeah. that's right. Well it is but we've kind of got this uh, you know false situation at the moment where we say nobody owns the water and yet if you own a patch of land with a resource consent to extract water that piece water. of land is worth a whole lot more than mm -hmm. the neighboring piece of land which does not come with a resource consent. Yes. So there is a essentially a de facto ownership right at the moment mm -hmm. and that ownership right accrues to the person who got there first yeah right and that's that's not a kind of a fair way of, of distributing uh, uh, that now 
establishing an, an ownership and a usage and allocation structure for the country is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. It is going to create winners and losers. Many of the losers will people who currently have you know free access to water, uh, and so you know that is going to be very difficult. But if we don't do it, we are going to end up in an even worse situation than the situation we're in at the moment. Yeah, that's true. But would you want to have a lot of iwi consultation? Absolutely. On yeah. yeah, no, that's critical. Right? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can't not. I mean, it's just, that's just one of the factors that, that you just have to deal with. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and this part of my frustration, I guess, with the government's kind of short-termism is that rather than they're kind of going, oh, that's, that's, that's really hard. So, you know, we're just going to pretend that nobody owns the water and continue with the status quo. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are hard, and we've done a lot of things in yeah. the past that are hard. Right. Right? I mean, that shouldn't be something that stops yeah. if, it, if it's important. Yeah, you'd think so. These guys have a tendency to take the big, hard problems and kick them out to the year 2040. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let the millennials deal with it. Well, the thing is, you know, <laughs> oh, they don't want to. Uh, but the thing is, uh, you know, when it comes to future-proofing as well, I mean, this uh, the ownership, even if it's a, not a finite source, maybe you're getting it from Snowpack. Yeah, continuously. Uh, eventually, we, you know, that resource might be needed. Well, it is, but it's also reducing. I mean, the New Zealand's snowpack is thinning yeah. out and yeah. rising up, right? Like our our snow line is is moving inches upwards mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. It's a lot thinner than it used to be, and of course. It's that runoff that supplies our hydro lakes, yeah, right? And yeah. so that is a real problem for us. That's right. I mean, if you look at uh, it down the Waitaki River, a lot of that comes from Mount Cook. Yep. comes from the Tasman Glacier. Yep. Tasman Glacier has receded. I go up there every year, yeah. and I've seen it step by step for the last 20 years. I know. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? You know? Amazing and not in a good way. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, well, that's good. Well, let, let's move on to your joint fiscal uh, policy with... Um, Labour. Um, I think it's a very good move. I think it's something you needed to do. Um, something that, um, you know, the governments and right-wing commentators have been critical of the past. Well, we said, you know, we don't want the Greens to have their hands on the purse strings. Yeah. That scares me. Spend, spend, spend. Um, but there are some on the left now saying that you have bowed to uh, Labour's centrist ideals and just to get into power um you know do well i guess you're not really going to agree with that i guess but um you know can you really um can you really afford to pay for all your pledges as well as paying off 20 percent of debt in five years and creating and, and still holding and maintaining a surplus yeah we can um and i wouldn't have signed up to it unless i was confident of that one of the things that we did was we road tested our 2014 policy proposals that we took into the election mm-hmm. and and we went into 2014 with a pretty ambitious program to do with lifting kids out of poverty making the search to a low carbon economy cleaning up all of our rivers all of that kind of stuff and and so there was both revenue and uh, expenditure mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. stuff in that package. And we said if we did that package again today, uh, you know, the identical package, would it fit within this envelope that we're talking about with, with Labour? And not only did it fit in, there was actually extra capacity there as well, right? Okay. So we were really, con- like, we're, I'm actually pretty confident that, I mean, you know, we obviously the policies we go into this year's election with will be slightly different, but they'll be li- they'll be largely similar to what we went in with last, last time because very little has changed since last time. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I'm pretty confident about that. The other thing is, yeah, for people who say, oh, you know, we've kind of bought into the sort of centrism and, and Labour's kind of, you know, if people are worried about the Labour Party are too conservative... 
the there are there are really explicit things in there about making long-term investments in climate change um and lifting kids out of poverty and cleaning up our rivers and a really big commitment around uh changing the way that we measure economic success right yeah so at yeah. the moment we've got this obsessive um compulsive disorder on gross domestic product which is a useless measure right mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. it is just the, the single biggest boost to GDP in New Zealand's entire history was the Christchurch earthquake, right? So you want to yeah. boost GDP, yeah. have more earthquakes. Yeah, exactly. That's the answer to that. Um, so, uh, so it's it's useless in itself. And so what what we the, what the Greens have been saying this for donkeys years, uh, way back since we were the Values Party, is you've got to look at measures of um, uh, you know um, the natural environment and how you know our sort of natural capital. You've got to look at our social and, and cultural capital and and well being measures of well being, and mm-hmm. that gives you a sense of how how your economy is doing. And at the moment, for example, even if you just to look at GDP, right? Yes, GDP, the GDP number is high yeah. compared to other OECD countries, but GDP per capita is very low. And so what's, what does that mean? Well, because we're adding, because GDP is merely a measure of activity, yeah. you add more people, you get more activity. Yeah. Um, but GDP per capita is low, so we're basically creating more of a low-wage economy. So you can have growth without prosperity. And so I, I was really pleased that there's explicit language in this document about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, let's move on to something that's close and dear to my heart. It's rent, uh, rent in Dunedin. Um, you have uh, a You're getting screwed with your trousers on, aren't you? <laughs> Pretty much. You've got a residency, residency, residential sorry, ten, uh, tenancy amendment bill uh, on the table, um, which is a whole lot of great points and uh, ideas for, for families uh, within, in the increasing rental market um, because, you know, less and less Kiwis are going to be able to buy homes. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happening in Auckland, uh, Tauranga, uh, Hamilton, uh, and, and it's spreading south. Yep. Um, and Dunedin has five of the high, uh, ten highest yielding suburbs in the country, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15 percent mm-hmm. yields. Um, would, you be look, would you look at um, some kind of rent control measures like they have in big cities overseas for, for Auckland uh, and in other places kind of tie rent into um, to Q, QV values? I'm not sure that you need to actually. So there are there are, um, but I, under- I certainly understand the sentiment. But I think part of what you've got is because because in New Zealand property is such a speculator's market yeah. uh, that that people are using it to extract maximum dollar for it. You know, it's this kind of casino mentality that we've got around property. And uh, what we're trying to do with rentals is to do things like give people security of tenure, right? Mm-hmm. So that you can't get kicked out after yep, a year, yep. or you can't just stick the rent up colossally in a, within inside the contract terms. Um, we want to make sure that there's a rental warrant of fitness so that your house doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, and what that actually forces people who are investing in property to do is to spend money doing the property up, right? And uh, and we want a capital gains tax and so on. So what that all what all of those things would do is it is it then says to people, look, houses are not just a get you know quick rich scheme. They're yeah. actually for people to live in. And if you want to invest in the housing market, then you do it as a responsible business. Yeah. Right? Where you are providing a service of high quality to somebody else and there are certain minimum guarantees. And I think that gets rid of a lot of the cowboys, right? Um, and and what it does, you know, for your people who are exploiting poor students in South Dunedin, um, is it says, look, 
you, you know, you want to be in the rental game, you actually have some minimum standards uh, to apply. And I think what that'll do is it'll get rid of a lot of low-quality landlords um, who, who I think that, that, that will then be replaced with people who are interested in providing a service to mm-hmm. tenants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that then becomes a... It might be lower yield, but it's a longer-term play, right? Yeah. So it's like I hold on to that property longer because I'm discouraged from selling, flicking it off for capital gain um, because I know people have got security of tenure um, and because I know I need to invest. Yes, I'm not going to get the margin on that the way that I, that I once might have, but I know that it's a longer-term um, longer term yield, mm. and therefore I will, you know, get my money back with a good return over a period of time. Could that bring down prices in uh, high rental areas like the student area? Um, well, conceivably. I mean, uh, th- there are a lot of different reasons for the high prices. One of which is a squeeze on supply. Well, I it's mean, quite I mean, an inflated prices. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, the clear fact is in New Zealand we simply don't have enough houses. You know classic supply and demand. Yeah. The, the problem that I've got with the way that the government treats this is that they only look at the supply side. They say there aren't enough houses, and they're right, so we need to build more houses, and they're right, mm-hmm. but they don't look at the demand side. And so if you just build more houses, but you leave in place all of the conditions for the speculative bubble, all you're doing is creating yet more investment properties for that investor class who are already leveraged up the wazoo to you know to get involved in that. And so you've actually got a dampened demand at the same time, and, and and kind of, you know, when I mean by damp demand is um, in the investor, sorry, the speculative investor side of the market. Yeah. So that people who actually want to own and occupy their own homes can get into it. And and yes, that what that means is you build enough houses, you put in place those other things like a capital gains tax and a warrant of fitness and so on. It takes a lot of the heat out of the housing market. The average price of houses would come down, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and uh, that then makes it more affordable for people who want to own and occupy to do so. And also, that means that rent, you know you don't have the kind of current squeeze on rents that you've got. Okay, what about bringing in another uh, government-funded housing program like say housing, building more say houses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the government. No, that's, that's a big part of what we're talking about. I mean, the government's selling say houses at the moment. Yeah, it's and which is bonkers at the, at the very yeah. at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. At the yeah. most ridiculous yeah. time. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I mean I seriously think and, and it's kind of crazy, right? Because the the what they say, you know you've got the kind of um, uh, the accommodation supplement um, for uh, you know low income people, mm-hmm. right? And that accommodation supplement is going into the pockets of property investors. So you're taking that's right taxpayers' money. Um, you're you know trying to help out poor people, but all you're actually doing is creating a subsidy for um, for property investors, adding to the speculative mm-hmm. bubble. So you build cheaper houses for cheaper you, rent. Right. If you <laughs> if you if if for example, if Housing New Zealand was essentially a massive public social enterprise, the purpose of which was to ensure every New Zealander had a you know room roof over their head, whether they rent or owned, mm-hmm. you said to it, look, instead of trying to return a dividend to the government, which is crazy when you've got people living in cars and garages, you reinvest all your profit that you make back into you know building more houses. Yeah. Then you start to set up a virtuous cycle, and then also, if you do have you know beneficiaries and, and low-income people who you're supporting through the welfare system, then instead of that money going into the hands of um, and, um, you know speculative uh, property investors, it goes back into the government coffers, and you can recycle it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just. Uh, Housing <laughs> because and and all of this is is basically a kind of a drive for um, small government, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, over what actually works. So it's ideology in the face of evidence. 
Yeah, um, housing New Zealand playing a dividend is absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> absolutely yep. ridiculous. Yep. Anyway, um, we've run out of time. Uh, I know you've got to run. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. Thank it's you been for a pleasure. Me. And um, yes, and hopefully we'll talk again um, soon. Hope so. Okay. Cheers. Right. Cheers. James Shaw, co-leader of the Green Party. There. Elections not there too, not that far away. Make sure you get everybody out there ready to vote. Sign them up if they're not signed up. Tell your friends. Voting's cool. Voting's choice. Vote your way. No matter who you vote for, just make sure you vote. All right, it's now ten minutes left in the show. Here's a couple of tricks.